die today. Or maybe yesterday. I'm not sure. A telegram from the home said, your mother passed away. Funeral tomorrow. Deepest sympathy. Welcome to the 134th episode of Egg Timer Philosophy. I'm your host, Eric Roark, and today's show is a continuation from last week's episode. That episode went over the first half of Albert Camus' classic, The Stranger. And for today, the second half. Just like last week, I'll start with a brief synopsis of the novel and then get into the philosophical themes. The big moment at the end of the first half of the novel occurs when Meseralt shoots and kills a person described in the novel only as an Arab. And now Meseralt is questioned in that shooting by the police. There is no doubt that Meseralt killed the man, but inquiries are being made as to whether the killing had what are being described in the novel as extenuating circumstances. If it did, and say the killing occurred because of self-defense or was ruled an accident, then Meseralt will be free in fairly short order. But if not, he'll be executed for the crime. Meseralt meets with the magistrate for his case, and the magistrate seems much more concerned with Meseralt's religious faith than his killing of a man. More on that later in the episode. The story continues with Meseralt spending nearly a year in prison awaiting his trial, and Camus' descriptions of Meseralt's life in prison with his attempts to confront solitude and boredom are some of the most well-written parts of the novel. Marie, the woman Meseralt was dating in the first half of the book, does come to see him in prison, but it's made clear that she comes to see him only once. They have a cordial meeting, and she tries to lift his spirits and tells him everything will work out, but Meseralt doesn't seem so convinced by this. He has a lot of meetings with his attorney, although their dialogue is never a focal part of the story, and he answers more of the same questions as his trial looms closer. The trial finally happens, and in a nod to absurd aspects of the criminal justice system, the focus is not on the actual killing, but instead placed upon the type of person that Meseralt is. The prosecutor breezes over the actual killing and quickly draws attention to how Meseralt acted during his mother's funeral. A major point of emphasis here is that Meseralt did not cry during the funeral. Shortly later, the prosecutor places even more emphasis on the fact that the day after returning from his mother's funeral, Meseralt went to see a comedy film and then spent the evening with Marie. In dramatic fashion, the prosecutor tells the jury that only a man with no soul could act in such a way, and that is supposed to be instrumental in establishing that Meseralt is little more than a cold-blooded killer and should be treated as such. Meseralt's attorney does speak up and ask whether he is being tried for murder or something else, but that comment seems to fall on deaf ears to everyone in the courtroom. Meseralt is convicted, convicted of murder, and at the end of the novel, it's pretty clear that he'll be executed shortly. All right, now for some of these philosophical themes from the novel. Much of the legal drama in the story is Camus' attempt to bring in ideas of absurdity and bad faith. 
the justice system determining Meserolt's fate is presented as more theatrical than anything else. Everyone from the judge to the jury to the press all have their designated roles, and Meserolt seems in many ways to get lost in the background noise of people satisfying their part or role that they're playing. His trial is ostensibly about a killing, but really it feels more like a trial for the sake of having a trial, so that the judge can be a judge, the jury can be a jury, and the press can be the press. This becomes apparent when so little attention in the trial is given to the killing that took place. Almost all the attention is given to the type of person Meserolt is, with evidence being offered regarding his mother's funeral, his relationship with Marie, and his choice of friends. If anyone is looking for the universe to make sense or offer meaning in Meserolt's trial, they aren't going to find it. Instead, they will just discover an absurd demonstration of how the world doesn't make sense. And this is exactly what Camus wants the reader to feel. Meserald's trial also dries, draws heavily on the idea of bad faith. All the participants in the trial, from the judge and jury to even the press, are there presumably because of a killing. But the killing is almost an afterthought at the trial. Everyone is really there to judge Meserolt as a person, even though none of them would ever admit this. They would say that they are to judge a man for a killing, but that isn't really why they're there. And that disconnect demonstrates the bad faith by everyone involved with the trial. Religious themes make little appearance in the first half of The Stranger, but they play a major role in the second half of the novel. In the synopsis, I mentioned that Meserolt has a meeting with a magistrate in the case early on. The magistrate did not seem all that concerned with the killing, but he was very concerned with Meserolt's religious faith. There's a passage near the start of the second half of the novel where the magistrate is aggressively waving a silver crucifix in front of Meserolt and asking him whether he believes in God. Meserolt says, he doesn't believe in God, and this throws the magistrate into a rage, where he tells Meserolt that if God does not exist, then his life, the magistrate's life, has no meaning. He also suggests to Meserolt that he doesn't see how a person can live and get through life without believing in God. After that tense meeting, the magistrate cools down for their future exchanges, but he does address Meserolt almost jokingly as Mr. Antichrist. The exchange between the, ma the magistrate and Mes Meserolt is wrapped with a lot of philosophical significance for Camus. As the last episode went over, Camus' existential view doesn't think the external world, whether in the natural or supernatural, can provide meaning and value. The natural world can't do this for Camus because it's indifferent and just not the type of thing that could ever be capable of offering meaning and value to people. And Camus is himself an atheist, so that for him rules out the supernatural from providing meaning and value. All that's left for Camus' existential view is that if meaning and value is to be found or had, it must come from the self, and for him, that will involve activities like rebellion and scorn. 
So while the magistrate might say that God provides meaning for his life, Camus, with his atheism in particular, he would reject this claim. But the more interesting idea here is not the conflict between atheism and theism, but instead with why the magistrate is getting so worked up over the atheism of Meserault. Why would that impact the meaning in the life that the magistrate gets from his own faith in God? It's almost as if Meserault's lack of faith is taken as a direct challenge to the magistrate's faith and the meaning he finds because of it. And I think that is the point that Camus is driving at here. The magistrate is upset because a fellow human being standing before him doesn't believe God exists and sure doesn't see God as some obvious part of reality. This disagreement reinforces the idea to the magistrate, maybe even on a subconscious level, that his belief in God is grounded in an internal choice. The magistrate's faith is not grounded in some fact of the external world that all can clearly see. Meserolt certainly can't see it, but the same point here can be said of Meserolt's atheism. That's also grounded in a choice. And so the magistrate gets scared and upset when he realizes that all meaning in his life hinges upon a choice. In his case, his choice to believe in God. It is his choice, as much as it is God, that gives the magistrate's life meaning. Camus isn't trying to prove or establish atheism through the voice of Meserault. There is no arguments that Meserault offers in defense of atheism. Camus instead wants to show that it's the choice to believe in God just as much, or probably even more as it is, God itself or himself, which offers meaning to the theist. This is the only thing which explains why the magistrate would be so upset with Meserolt's lack of faith. The most philosophically important part of The Stranger occurs in the last 10 pages or so. At this point in the story, Meserolt has been condemned to death and is awaiting his execution. He does have an appeal left, but things are not looking great for him. He has denied visitation by the chaplain on a number of occasions, but today the chaplain shows up unannounced in his cell and asks Meserolt why he has refused to see him. The chaplain, the chaplain really does pose this as something he wants to understand. He says that all condemned men at some point seek the redemption of God, and he is just there to help Meserolt do this. The chaplain asks Meserolt why he doesn't believe in God, and this is the, this is the response Meserolt gives directly from the text. He says, I said I saw no point in troubling my head about the matter. Whether I believed or didn't was, to my mind, a question of so little importance. And the question he had raised didn't interest me at all. He cut in with a question. This is the chaplain cutting in. How did I picture the life after the grave? I fairly bawled out at him. A life in which I can remember this life on earth. That's all I want of it. And in the same breath, I told him I'd had enough of his company. But apparently, he had more to say on the subject of God. I went close up to him and made a last attempt to explain that I'd very little time left, and I wasn't going to waste it on God.
So after this exchange, the visit comes to a very contentious end, and the guards have to be brought in to separate Meserault and the chaplain. The passage shows us that Meserault doesn't represent an adamant atheist. Instead, he's more of an indifferent atheist. He just doesn't think that the question of God's existence matters even as he's about to be executed. He sees the very question of God's existence as unimportant and in that way poses more of a challenge to the chaplain's faith than any dyed-in-the-wool atheist ever could. If Mesrault were to give some argument defending atheism to the chaplain, then the chaplain could respond and they could have a debate about whether God exists. But Mesrault has no argument to be refuted because he doesn't think the question of God's existence is one worth thinking about, especially in his final days. It doesn't matter to Mesrault if God exists. Mesrault's existential awakening, as he'll call it, where he surpasses his nihilism, comes as the novel concludes and his execution awaits. This existential awakening here is the moment when Mesrault not only realizes that the external world can't provide meaning or value, but that meaning and value must be created on his own terms internally. And so this is how Camus ends Meserault's existential journey that will soon end when his death, as he's executed. And this is Camus directly in the voice of Meserault. And now, it seemed to me, I understood why, at her life's end, she had taken on a fiancé, why she'd played at making a fresh start. There, too, in that home, where lives flicker out, the dusk came as the mournful solace, as a mournful solace. With the death so near, mother must have felt like someone on the brink of freedom, ready to start life all over again. No one, no one in the world had any right to weep for her. And I too felt ready to start life all over again. It was as if the great rush of anger had washed me clean emptied me of hope, and gazing up at that dark sky spangled with its signs and stars for the first time, the first, I laid my heart open to the benign indifference of the universe. To feel it so like myself indeed, so brotherly, made me realize that I'd been happy, and that I was happy still, for all to be accomplished, for me to feel less lonely. All that remained to hope was that on the day of my execution, there should be a huge crowd of spectators and they should greet me with their howls of execration. Meserault has finally found meaning in happiness, just as Camus wrote about Sisyphus, finding happiness in the scorn of the gods and rebellion in the face of absurdity. That'll wrap things up for this episode of The Egg Timer. Join me back in about a week for the next episode. And until then, as always, wishing you good philosophical vibes.